Uh, welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to You Have to Be Odd to Be Number One, my podcast, where I try to call out and celebrate things about other people that I think are unique, that make them special, because I believe that everyone has a unique purpose in this life. And so today is going to be great. Everybody's going to love it. Um, <laughs> you parents out here that like the podcast, um, you're really going to love it because today, you guys, some of you guys are like, I get the question all the time, how did you um, get to where you are? Or, you know, how did you turn out the way you did? Which is, uh, I mean, low-key flex right now for me. People tell me I turned out okay, so that's nice. Um, but I always respond, well, my mom is fantastic. My mom's a pro mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today I have on my mom, Denise Morris. Mom, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to finally be here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So mom, real quick before I really get into the pod, meat of the podcast, how many podcasts have you been on? Is this the first? This is my first one. I've never <laughs> been on a podcast. I had no idea what to expect. I'm like, uh, I mean, I watch a podcast and I Thank you. watch podcasts, but I don't know how it all goes. So it's like, a little I, I was the same with Erica. Erica was yeah. the, I, I was her first podcast as well. Yeah. So at least that's someone you know. Yeah, right? Right? Okay. Well, um, my whole outlook on life and believing this, like the whole premise of my podcast, believing this is 1000% rooted in how I was raised and uh, just the way my mom like raised us, taught us to taught us to be the type of women we want to be. She always believed that we had purpose, even in the smallest little moments, that they meant something um, and that everything mattered. Um, and she, we're going to get into this later cause I'm one of five. So, um, but yeah, so my mom, how long have you, have you and dad been married? Is it 20? I know. I'm sorry. No, it's like 20. <laughs> I think you guys are doing 21 this year, 21 or 22. We are doing 21 this year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause last year was a big one. Last year was 20. Yeah. Um, so married to, uh, my dad, um, my stepdad, but like we've, we've called him dad for forever. Um, five kids. My older sister, Erica is 32. I'm 29. Um, uh, my sisters are 18 and my brother will be 16 very soon. How weird is that? It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you stories. It's yeah. The, you have plenty of stories. You've been parenting for 32 yeah. years, like actively parenting, you know, not like, Oh, I mean, you're always a parent, you know, like even when right, they, we right. leave, but like still have teenagers in the house. So, um, mm-hmm. sure. There's plenty of, plenty of content to get to there. um but yeah the the girls will go off to college in the fall and so you'll be down to one in the house poor grant I know I'm a little worried about him honestly I'm a little I feel bad for him kind of like he's gonna be with dad and I he's gonna be just calling everybody going help me help me I'm with the old people can you come send for me right and then you like I think you get in their business more because they're the only one. Right. So you're like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What's happening? Oh, I know. Talk to me. What's, I just think it's going to be, he's the best one to have to deal with it though. Cause he has a really great attitude and he's pretty chill okay. about things. He, he, he'll just entertain me, you know, he'll just See, sit there and, yeah, he's kind of, so it's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that's one of the funny things that I tell people like, um, being one of five, because for a while, like it was just you, me, and Erica, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, I was like just second child for a long time, and then I was eleven when you had the girls, and so it's interesting the like dynamic. Like I don't really like that much attention because 
not in like a bad way. Like I had attention growing up, but I was never mm-hmm. like the focal point yeah, necessarily. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I don't like it, you know? So I think like some people mm-hmm. are funny about like, like, I don't really like, like this. I grew up with a lot of people. There was always something else going on. So like we all got attention, but it wasn't like just right. Aubrey. So yeah. yeah I, I think, think Grant's actually looking forward to that a little bit. Probably. Like I said to him, I said, well, you know, the, the girls, the twins will be gone in college and stuff. And it's just going to be you and me and dad. We'll probably go out to dinner a lot more. Wow. And you guys might actually get appetizers. Right. People, people in big families, people in big families know that appetizers are a treat. Getting something besides water is a treat. And something besides (laughs) water. Right. Yeah. So he was like, oh, he was like, oh, okay. All right. He's kind of looking forward to that. So I hope we just validated a lot of parents who are like, no soda at dinner, just water. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get into the the meat of the podcast. So I have to start the podcast like I do every time. And so you've mm-hmm. listened to every episode. I'm sure you're my mother. So you have to. Yeah. Um, I have. <laughs> so you know the question <laughs> I'm going to ask. But I wanted yeah. to know, Mom, and this is interesting just um, hearing this from my mom because so often we, as kids, think of our parents in that one capacity as like my mom or my dad. But, you know, you are a woman, you are um, a wife, you are so many different things beyond just being a mom. And so I want to know, what is it about you? And if this has to do with parenting or all that stuff, um, that is great too. But just like, what is it about you that you think is unique or special? Like the thing that makes you, you. Yeah. So I thought about this a lot because I couldn't put my finger on it what it was like I could I kept saying well this or this and then you know I took the girls had practice in California this weekend so I had a lot of driving and drove (laughs) drove back and I thought about it the whole time and I think what makes me unique is that it's kind of twofold I really like people Mm -hmm. I like people and I find them interesting Mm -hmm. all different people so I I find people who are different from me, interesting. And I, and I really see them. I try to see people and I don't know how else to explain it, except that like when my students come in for their lessons, I look at them, I see them, I'm trying to read them and I enjoy doing that. Like I Mm -hmm. like understanding them. I like understanding people. So when they come in and I'm like, you know, I kind of check in with them. I always do like the check-in thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing? How's your day going and stuff? I really like to know them, to mm-hmm. see them, to hear what's going on with them. And I feel like I can read people well. Yeah. Like I, they can walk in and I like almost feel it. I'm like, whoa, how's your day today? Like, <laughs> you know, and even with the parents and even with my own children. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can feel people well, if yeah. that makes any sense. No, no. And then no, respond to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I I have tried to explain that to people, just that this goes into so many things about your life um, as, a, as a pitching coach when you're dealing with lots of kids that aren't yours um, and trying to motivate and encourage kids. But um, especially like with teenagers and young kids these days, like they're yeah. just dealing with so much. So like how important that is, but then you have five kids 
and all of us are so different. And I think, um, especially like given the example of, of Eric and I, so like, we're like your first batch and your second batch mm-hmm. is your yeah. littles, you know, it's like big yeah. kids and the little kids. Let's just like, cause the little. age, yeah. yeah cause sure. the age gap, um, it yeah. was clean. And so Eric and I could not be more different in so many ways. Yeah. Like yeah. in some aspects we were like total opposites. And I think what you're talking about is like the beauty of what we felt like our whole childhood is that while we were so different, I think we both felt very seen, very loved for who we were mm-hmm. and just the, like what that does for a kid, um, growing up, but then also just like being very seen, especially by your mom is like so important. And so I completely agree with you. Like that was one of my notes for, to, to kind of talk to you about is obviously that some of that is innate. Like that's just who you are. That's just how mm-hmm. God made you to be someone mm-hmm. who can no, do totally. that. And it just comes so naturally to you. But is there anything about like seeing people being like, Obviously, you said you like people, which I know, like, some people are going to be like, cool, you like people. Like, who doesn't like people? Um, lots of people don't like people. Don't like people. <laughs> and <laughs> these days, with everyone being very vocal about maybe some polarizing opinions, not liking people mm-hmm. seems to be more the norm than liking them. Um, right. Or people at the very, like, they like their people, but if you're not their people, they don't really like people in general. Yeah. Um, and I think you said something that... Um, shouldn't get lost, but you said like, you find them interesting. Yeah. So I do. And I, I feel like the youth today and even adults, a lot of them feel invisible. Mm -hmm. They feel like no one sees them. I am going to start crying. Dog on it. I know. Get a little choked up right now. (laughs) I have a lot of students that come in and they don't feel seen. Yeah. And it makes me so sad because they're so unique and they're so they're really cool kids, mm-hmm. but they're different and they don't maybe fit into what is cool right now. And right. I like to talk about what their differences are with them. So during, say, their pitching lesson, I'm talking to them periodically. I'll say, like, if I know they like to read books, I'll be like, what books are you reading? And mm-hmm. because I, I, feel like sports are great, but it, there's more to sports. There's, they're coming to me for so much more than pitching lessons. It's, it is acceptance. It is, mm. um, learning. It is comforting sometimes, mm. especially during COVID. Oh my Big gosh. Hugger. COVID. They come for the hugs too. <laughs> they come for the hugs. Yeah. And I, even during COVID, that was probably the hardest thing for me in COVID. Like, mm-hmm trying not to hug. Like I was yeah. like, I just feel like they need a, I have kids that literally, if I don't hug them on their way out, they're like standing there looking at me and like, hello. Yeah. I need my hug. My little, right. it's a little arm hug thing. And I know that that's not always acceptable these days, but I just mm-hmm. feel like people need it. Mm-hmm. They need human contact. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's easy for me to do with my, like I do it with my family. Right. Like the twins are very different. Right. And I have to parent them differently. You and Erica were very different. Grant, he's my only son. Mm-hmm. Like I have to parent him different. I remember the day that I, I was, he and I were kind of button heads a little bit, kind of, he was young and, yeah. and I, I, I think I was um, parenting him too hard uh-huh. maybe. And he, we, we were button heads a little bit and I, of course, I read a lot of books. I 
don't yeah. have all the knowledge, but I go somewhere to get the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I was reading Dr. Dobson's book about boys, and I read in there something about boys and men need to feel respected. Mm-hmm. And it completely changed the way I parented him. Not that I didn't respect my girls, but knowing that that was a big thing for him. And I realized that I wasn't respecting him. And I know he was just young, but there's like human respect. There's just as a person respecting somebody, not someone in authority over you, but like respecting him as a person. And it completely changed everything. And everything Mm -hmm. was fine after that. He just was like, okay, still had to discipline him, still did all the things, but I changed. I was really thoughtful about how I disciplined him without minimizing him or making him feel stupid or feel bad or, Mm -hmm. you know, I still love you, but you're not doing this. This is not happening anymore. So one like, so what did that look like? Cause I, I mean, I just, obviously I probably have a lot of people who have daughters that listen, if they're softball fans or whatever. Um, but you never know. I mean, if you have daughters and sons, like that's different. And, um, you know, something that we'll definitely get into is just like your ability to, to really like toe the line of like criticism, being hard on someone, like really, whether it's discipline or guidance, like you've never shied away from like doing the tough thing, but you're also so naturally an encourager, you know, so we'll get into that a little bit more, but like, so what does that look like for, cause Grant was little, I mean, he was like five. Yeah. He was young. Right. So I remember you telling me about that and being like, okay, so I'm a grown woman. Like, I mean, you, you're like thinking uh, as you, like, I'm a grown woman. I've got this five-year-old boy. I understand that respect, that, that type of respect is important in Mm -hmm. men and boys and how that they, how they receive, I think ultimately is yeah. what that's like getting at is like how they receive words or criticism or things like that. So what does that actually look like? Cause you're like, how do I show this five-year-old boy respect while also maintaining my authority as his mom? You know what I mean? So one of the things that I is so vivid in my mind is when I was disciplining him, I can't remember really what it was, mm-hmm. but I was really mad at him. He had Didn't done he something somebody? that really... I think he hit somebody. Yes. (laughs) That's all. I was like, you know, he wasn't like violent or anything. No, no. He just like freaked out. He just, yeah. And so I, and I must've been very disappointed. Like it caught Mm -hmm. me off guard because that's typically when I get mad like that, when I'm absolutely caught off guard, Mm -hmm. but it was, so here's the thing. I really try to look at my children look at them, like in the eyes, like look at Mm -hmm. them, like read them. Right. And I remember looking at him when I was disciplining him and seeing the crush, the hurt Mm -hmm. in his eyes. And that is what got me when I went, Oh, like, Oh, because you know, everyone's different. You have to parent your kids all different, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not just him that I've had that with. I've had that with Avery. Mm -hmm. She's a lot more like dad. She's quieter. Um, And I remember saying to dad, I cannot crack the code on this kid. I yeah. cannot crack the code. I am <laughs> Which is a big deal because you yes. crack the code on kids. I crack the code. That's what I like to do. I like to figure people out, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, can't crack the code on her. I don't know what to do. And and he and I, 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 I did a lot of active parenting. And I mean, mm-hmm. dad's always there. He does a great job. But right. was, I'm more the every day. He was working. He was gone at work. I was home. Right. And 
I remember him saying to me, you crack the code with me, babe. Mm-hmm. You're going to figure her out. She's like, and I had to, a lot of times I had to sometimes say to him, what are you feeling? Like when you, like yeah. she gets this look on her face and I'm not sure what that means. And what are you feeling? Like, yeah. Cause I see it on your face too. And so he helped me on that too. Like trying to understand her more because it hurt me. Like the fact that I'm like, I can't, yeah. I want to connect with her. And I felt like I wasn't for it was years ago. I just felt like, you know, I'm her pitching coach. I'm pitching right. with her all the time. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not connecting. We're not. And yeah. at home, she's just more reserved. And so I think I just, just really looking at them and talking to them. I can remember one time with Erica and a lot of it comes out in sports because we do right. so much in sports. I can remember one time with Erica saying, well, I mean, do you even care? Like, <laughs> And she looked at me like, of course I care. I'm so embarrassed. And I went, oh, which wow. how many people are going to hear that and be like, I know the kid that doesn't look like that looks like they don't care. That and I'm like, was right. Mine. That right. was such a pivotal moment for me too, with her, because right. it was the first time I realized that kids act like they don't care when they're really embarrassed mm-hmm. and they think they should know better. And it changed the way I coached. It changed the way I parented yeah. everything, but it sometimes would have like be a breakthrough like that where I'd be like irritated going you know giving care and she's like yes I care and I was like and okay so just things like constantly communicating like you have to keep talking yeah all the time to your kids because things come out in different ways from different kids right sometimes it comes out in a little back and forth Mm -hmm. sometimes it comes out with a hug and they just start crying and they're like I don't know why I'm acting like this or whatever Mm -hmm. you know so with Grant I just I, okay, this might be controversial. I'm not a huge spanker, (laughs) but I have spanked. Oh yeah, I remember. But yeah, but I'm not a big big spanker. I'm more of a, we need to talk. Yeah. Sit down and we need to talk. Oh, we got the, I mean, Erica distinctly remember this. If we were (laughs) acting out like in a restaurant or a public place, we always got the very stern look. Do we need to go to the bathroom? I'm like, no. (laughs) No, I'll stop. I'm no, sorry. Don't. Right. But usually I, that was so enough to, to nip that stuff. people are going to not be on board with the spanking thing, but I'm not, a, I was right. not opposed when you were young, especially before you could reason a little pat, mm-hmm. a little snack, like, Hey, yeah, like get it together. Like get your attention kind of thing. As you got, the older you got, the more I could talk to you. And thankfully all of you were very reasonable very reasonable. Like I could talk to you and go, well, does that make any sense? Like what you're doing is this, is this the outcome you're trying to get? Right. And then the next thing I usually go to is like, um, turn off all the phones. Give me your phone. Give me your switch. Give me your whatever. Um, I don't have to do that very often Mm -hmm. because most of the time I can say, these are the consequences. This is what's going to happen. Right. Your grades start dropping. I have to take away things that are taking you away from doing your homework and studying mm-hmm. for your grades. So I do a lot of common sense stuff. Yeah. Like, does that make sense to you? I'll ask him. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? What do you think I should do? What do you What do yeah. you think? What's going to get through to you? Well, <laughs> and this is something that like, so you do the common sense thing. And <laughs> if we wanted to be like stubborn, be like, no, it doesn't make sense. Like right. if we wanted to pull that card to try and yeah. be like, no. Yeah. You would always be like, you're a very smart girl. You can figure this out. And it would be like a compliment. Like, okay, mom thinks I'm really smart. But if I play dumb, like, what am I? Like, you would almost like ninja that one around. But we're like, ah, man, 
I am smart. You can't figure this <laughs> right? out. <laughs> right. So I think in that situation with Grant, going back to that, I, mm-hmm. he, he is of all my children never liked to disappoint me. He was very mm-hmm. upset if I was upset with him. Yeah. Um, we always had a really kind of a nice relationship. Just a, he was always very protective of me, even when he was little. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he didn't never liked for me to be upset with him. So he was so far easy. Six, almost 16. 16. Yeah. He and I had to be along with you guys. He might give you some trouble the next couple of <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. A little back and forth the other day. And it was probably the first time he really kind of got a little stiff necked with me. Uh huh. And I was like, little, I'm a man. Yeah. And I was like <laughs> looking at him going, no, I'm not messing around right now. You're going to go do that right mm-hmm. now. And it took a couple of times and I was like, Oh, what, what's yeah. happening here? Like, right. this is not my little boy that just, okay, mom. Right. You know, he was like not wanting to do what I was wanting him to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And you need to go do it right now. Right. I had to raise my voice a little bit. And then when he, he went and then he came back and he was like, I go, how was that? Was that so hard? And he goes, no, nah, actually it was really good. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Yeah. But. So something, um, I have so many, so many directions to go, but, um, <laughs> just in general. So you said something about, um, the right thing to do. And I feel like that's been something that you have done. No, like no matter where any of us were like Erica, her, she's always been more extroverted, more like mm-hmm. willing to kind of like do, do not crazy things, but just like more willing to like try different things or put herself out there mm-hmm. in different situations. I'm always been like a little more comfort zone person and something that just so people can hear, like when, when she was talking about like my dad, um, like working and stuff like that, but like you had raised Eric and I essentially by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like my dad mm-hmm. kind of came in the picture when I was like eight or so, but was always really respectful of like, okay, like you got this thing with your kids and like being respectful yeah. of, yeah, really of, good that. of that with us. And so like you, um, but like, so it's almost just like painting a picture of like different, totally different, not ways of raising kids, but like different environments. Like mm-hmm. it was just the three of us for a little while. So we developed a dynamic mm-hmm. through that. And then, okay, you marry dad. And now there's a new dynamic a little bit. But still very much like when it comes to discipline, things like that, you, mm-hmm. it was you. And then you guys have more kids. And mm-hmm. so now they're growing up in a completely different environment mm-hmm. than Erica and I really grew up in. And yet there has been this, this like, we just are all very driven by doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like Erica, even if she, she just, she just was more willing to like, go do things you know and so there was always the rite of passage yes but even still (laughs) yeah but even still erica has this huge justice meter like huge even more so than probably me i just even when she was young yes really young yes Mm -hmm. always erica's got this huge justice meter like wanting to do the right thing um and then me, I feel very strongly, I go about it differently than Erica, but like very strongly about doing the right thing. And like, what does this choice mean? And to the point where that has motivated me to make a harder choice so many times in my life mm-hmm. because no, mm-hmm. this is the right thing and I will do the right yeah. thing. And that's been instilled in me. And then I see that with the twins as well. And Grant, like what you said to him, like, no, this is the right thing to do and you're going to do it. And so kind of where, I mean, everybody wants 
whatever your version of the right thing, it might vary mm-hmm. family to family or belief system of to belief, course, like yeah. whatever. But like we, everybody wants to raise their kids to do the right thing. You know, that's kind of like a general mm-hmm. consensus. I would yeah. imagine among yeah. parents. Yeah. And so what is like, how do you think that you instilled that? Or like, where did that desire come from? Like, I think everybody wants it, but like right. actually living it out, actually like being able to pass that onto your kids is a different yeah. story completely. Where did that come from? Well, I have to absolutely credit my dad with that. Your grandpa, mm-hmm. he, that was a constant. Denise, you have to do the right thing. You mm-hmm. have to do what's right. Just, and as I got older, like I can remember him making me do hard things where I was like, I don't want to do this exactly the situation I had with Grant the other day. Mm-hmm. And he made me do it. And I was so mad about it. I didn't want to do it. But yeah, um, looking back, I, I understand why he felt like it was the right thing to do. And I now looking back, I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. But um, he was big on that. And so then as I started going through it, I just started getting this really deep feeling of we know what the right thing is. Mm-hmm. We all know what the right thing to do is in every situation for the most part. Yeah. But we don't always want to do it. And we find excuses. And as your grandfather would say, cop outs, you're just <laughs> copying out. Yeah. And um, just even for me trying to do the right thing, because sometimes, I mean, heck, as adults, I don't always right. want to do the right thing. Sometimes I'm like, can I just, I just really want to do the easy thing. I can remember yeah. saying to grandma one time, I just want to do what's easy. Do I always <laughs> have to do the right thing? Why do we always have to do the right thing? Right. right. It's such a vague thing. It's well, a vague thing like, no one else do is the doing right the right thing. thing. Why do I have to do the right thing every time? No one else is. Like, <laughs> They're not doing the right thing. Right. You know, and you get that within siblings too. Why do I have to be the one to do the right thing? She's being mean and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, I just think it was a staple in my life. So it was really easy for me. But now I just, even into my adulthood, I realize that I know what's, what's right. Mm-hmm. I, we complicate things. We make it harder than it has to be, but we know yeah. deep down inside. And if you train yourself to focus on that and to know, I think it's just easier. Yeah. It gets easier and easier to do the right thing because you've been trained your whole life to do what's right. Like what's the right, right. thing to do? You know, yeah. There's very few things that, that, that is, that is gray. Yeah. Where you don't really, there's, there, there are things in life that are like in the gray area, but I think right. the, for the most but part, like when you right boil it down to like the root of it, yeah. you know, I think that's the thing is we think on the surface stuff is, is, is gray and it can be, but like when you really get down to like what something's about, usually yeah. it's pretty clear, you know, like this is yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And, and whether or not so I was just fortunate to be raised I was raised that way. And so I was fortunate for that. That's, that was a huge blessing. Yeah. Grandpa was the best. Um, okay. So we're going to shift gears a little bit here. Um, I'm sure more of this stuff will come out, but, um, I actually just had, um, someone I know started listening to the podcast and he, he was listening to the one with Bill Leroy and I was talking about how I started catching and I shared the story about how, (laughs) I shared the story on that podcast and I'm sure several others like that I started catching because I moved up. I was like, I'm over this T-ball stuff. Mom, can I move up to AU? I'm six years old. I'm a nugget. And I move up and you were coaching with Donna, whose yeah. daughter is Jenna and Jenna threw like the hardest in our division. She was eight, right. you know? So we were, she was older than me and just like really talented. And so I was primary, I was making dirt piles in right field, like, <laughs> 
are you over? Are you ready out there? Like, yeah, I'm ready. You know, right, six years old. Right. And then before one of our games early in the season, the girl who was supposed to be catching who she had Kelsey had to be like eight, right? I think she was one of the older no, girls it wasn't on the team. Kelsey. It wasn't? No, because I was no, Kelsey was playing first base. Donna wanted oh. her to catch, and I said, absolutely not. Okay, she's the best first baseman we have. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but there was another little girl that was a catcher. I can't remember her name. I know, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was Kelsey this entire time. So that's wrong. Oh. But anyway, this girl starts crying and you say, hey, Aubrey, come here. <laughs> and you asked me if I would want to try catching. At six years old, I can barely catch. Like, I can barely catch a ball in general. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. thought the gear was cool. And so I put the gear on. I go out there. and. You just tell everybody your um your thought process on because I tell I tell people the short version, but like what's your thought right. process on oh putting gosh. your six-year-old daughter out there? So the little girl starts crying, and I I always had a policy like I don't make people pitch or catch. Right. That's just like you if you're on the team, look, you're gonna play where it's best for the team, but I won't make you pitch or catch. Right. I have had to talk a kid into pitching <laughs> just on occasion, but I, I'm like, those, those are just, those are hard positions there. There's a lot of pressure there and yeah. you can't, I, it's not for everybody, but this little girl started crying. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So Donna wanted to put the first baseman behind. I'm like, no, we will have nobody to catch at first base. <laughs> right. <laughs> we will never get any outs. I'm like, we no. must be able to get through this game. <laughs> right. So I was like, no, let's put Aubrey back there. And she looked at me like, you can't put that little thing back there. You can't do that. And I said, well, yes, I can. She'll be fine. She'll have the gear on. She'll be fine. Let's try. So I ask you and you're like, sure. You put the gear on. I say to Jenna, because I know Jenna, sweetest, right. kind, sweet girl person. She's the nicest, per- still the nicest person. And I'm like, do not let up. You have to throw hard. And she's like, this is the this is the competitive side of I'm like, we this is a game, we gotta win. Right. So she's like, oh Miss Denise, I don't think I can do it. And I said, Yes, you can. Aubrey will be fine. She has all the gear on. She'll be fine. Just go ahead and throw it. She so I'm of course sitting on my bucket. Donna's there. And I'm pretty sure you told me something. Like I have my fielder's glove, my hand-me-down fielder's glove from Erica. I'm covered yes. like head to toe. You can barely see my body. This gloves probably bigger Aubrey. than my head. And you were like, like just oh, keep your glove try, up. Just try to move the glove to where the ball is because it's coming fast, right? So first pitch right in your chest protector, like boom, like doesn't hit anything. And I go running out there and I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And you go, I'm fine. I couldn't even feel it. So I'm like, okay, all right, honey, just try to move your glove, move your glove to where the ball is. And then the next one, and then, of course, as I'm going, leaving the field, I look at Jenna, I go, keep throwing hard. Right. You're backing over there. You're walking next over. Next one, right off your face mask, but you tip, I think it tipped the glove a little bit. And I go running out there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. At this point, I'm starting to feel like, maybe I'm not a really good mom. Like, maybe I'm kind of a jerk. And I go running out there, and I'm like, are you okay? And you go, I didn't even feel it. And I go, well, you got Started getting the glove on it. Right. You're encouraging me. You're like, you're right, like there. better on that one. Keep moving. So, and then oh you just, God. it was, it worked out. You started getting the glove on some of them. And, I caught you know. two balls. I caught two the whole yeah. night. I remember it. No, it was okay, funny. So, you know what the coolest part was? Good. When you went to bed that night, you got, I was tucking you into bed and you're like, 
Oh, mom, that was so fun. Uh-huh. I really like that. And I went, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. It was yeah. cool. And that's, so it's funny. I that doesn't always story. go that way. No. It doesn't always go that way. So yeah, not like, your sign parents out there to just. Yeah. I'm not telling everybody, there. oh, stick this six-year-old kid behind the plate with the fast pitcher. Uh, yeah. It doesn't always go that way. I was kind of in a bind and it was my child. So I was like, okay, this is my kid. And I knew I could manage it. Right. I knew, I knew you well enough. Like right. I would never put anybody else's kid back there because I just don't know them as well as their parents do. And I don't know if I could, I knew I could manage it with you. Yeah. Um, Which is what I tell people. I'm like, yeah, no, my, my short version is, oh, you know, my mom put me back there because I was the only kid she could force back there. I was her child, you right. know, and people laugh. It's so funny. And so I got this text the other day once from somebody listening, mm-hmm. you know, because now people, people only see like, oh, Aubrey, she, she the Olympian, she played for the Gators. Like, right, oh, right, like right, they right. just see me as like the catcher, you know? Right. And like, that's how I started. It's so funny. And he was like, oh my gosh, your mom put you back there. Talk about sacrificing your kid. <laughs> no, I know. And I was like, yeah, well, she's a pitcher in her day. So she, she knew she could deal with the aftermath. Right. Right. But I mean, it did all work out and I could have. Sure gone. did, mom. It sure did. I made it, it all the way sure to the Olympics. <laughs> but you know, what's funny, Aubrey, I still, and this is the other thing that like, when I talk to people, I remember, Mm -hmm. I remember how, where you came from. Yeah. I, I, even the twins, you know, they're playing so good right now. And I look at them and I, I remember, like, I, I don't ever forget where you came from. And I think that's such a gift of encouragement for people. You can encourage people. I try to tell people like, look, I remember when Aubrey threw rainbows to second base and (laughs) we were like, is she ever going to get that? I mean, right. But yeah. And I did. I figured it out. You did figure it out because you kept working. And that's why I tell my students. That's why I tell everybody. Just keep working. Mm -hmm. If the ones that make it are the ones that never quit, just keep going. You'll make it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's what it's funny because you're such a like, you know, we started like, I like people. (laughs) She's like so nice. Like that's what the funniest things that as people, it's so funny. Like in college, I remember. Aubrey, your mom is so nice. She's just so sweet. And like, she dresses all cute and like, oh, she's just such a nice, like, I love her hugs. Like I have heard that my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, she is. She's like so nice. Yeah. She's great. I'm like, but you don't know, you don't know hardcore Denise. Yeah. Really hardcore. And you don't want to mess with her when she's like that. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, let me give you a list. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that that really developed because I was a single mom. Yeah. And I had to do both. I had to be both. Mm-hmm. I had to be the hard core person, the get on yeah. them and the, and the, I had to be able to give you hugs and love. And yeah. So I think that's where that developed, but it is kind of weird because there are definitely two sides where I'm like, yeah. gosh, like sometimes even watching. Well, the and they, they switch like, so fast sometimes. They do. It's <laughs> so funny. Like, oh, and it's funny, like how, cause like growing up, like obviously when you're younger, you need more of this. And so you always were really good about, um, like we are, I guess our ritual when I was younger, particularly was like, okay, like what's something I did well and what's something I needed to do better at, you know? And so depending on the day we would start with one or the other and you know, you'd be so good at like, oh, like I, and even if like I had a terrible day, you'd find like, oh, but you made an improvement on it or whatever. You know, like you were always able to find something to be positive about. And right. then with the criticism, and then it just like, it, it would just like, it evolved. 
into like, ever you came to see me in college or something and you were just like, Oh wow, that was so great. You got so many strikes today. Like, you know, catcher's mom, she sees the stuff that nobody right. else sees, right? right? And so, but then you'd be like, well, what happened on that bunt? <laughs> and that was like where our because obviously, like, I'm away, I'm, you know, right. I'm under like great coaching. Like, you don't need to be my coach anymore. But right. it was so funny. You'd be like, well, what happened on that? I'd be like, oh my gosh, I know. I totally messed it up. Like the dynamic of it shifted, but it, we still yeah. did it. You know, even well, it's still like that with all of them. Yeah. I'm sure they could, you could talk to the your siblings and they would be like, really, mom? Right. Like I remember going to see you at Florida and the game wasn't televised, but it was on the radio. And I was sitting up by the box, uh-huh. by the, the press box. Yeah. And... <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and I think you got a pass ball or something uh, and I was like oh Aubrey and then I went oh my god I gotta move I'm right by the radio like I was right there I'm like oh my god it probably was on the radio probably someone heard me say that and I'm like I gotta go so, yeah that was one thing like um when I was in like probably around when I got like my junior and senior mm-hmm. year like I played for Bruce for a year we'd won a national championship like I had really kind of like settled in. I would have, I, my juniors, I was already committed to Florida. So like my path was starting to open up and I was right. again, under great coaching. Like you weren't in that capacity. Right. You were more like supportive, you know, making sure I get where I need to go, finding the resources. Cause it's another thing you've always been really good about. Like something looks wrong. I don't know what it is. I sure as heck can't fix it, but I'm going right. to find somebody who can, you know? <laughs> right, and so like right. always being great at like facilitating at that point, but like, you're not exactly in like coach mode anymore with right. me. And like navigating that transition, I remember because like a travel ball fields. Oh no, I know what you're gonna say, and I remember this too. Oh, it was like like, these these fields are like not big stadiums, you know. So it's like little tear down fences in the outfield and stuff like that. And something happened. I I, in my I don't know what happened. I I probably just sent a ball into center field or something. I threw down and it went like just a horrible throw. And I you were sitting behind home plate because you like to sit back there because you could see everything. (laughs) And you're like, oh Aubrey, and I turned around so slow. (laughs) I turned around and was like, oh my God. And like, I just turned around and faced the field again. And you were like, oh man, I think I need to go to the outfield. I think I need to move. Yeah. I know. I felt really you bad. Know? Like it, it just, like, it was just such a funny thing of like the transition of like, cause you were my coach up until right like my freshman year of high school right you know like very involved, very like that was your role. And then like, you know, you just start to transition into other roles right. and then it was like by the time I'm a junior or senior I'm like that all right can't that can't happen mom like, right you, you can't be doing that anymore and I think that it it's this like as parents we know what our kids can do yeah not all parents not all parents are like this I have to say I know people like me who mm-hmm. are like this but a lot of them aren't but like I know what you can do I know what you're capable of and then you don't do something and I'm like the heck like I do it with Mikey and Avery I said that I said something to Mike I'm like the heck Mikey come on like mm-hmm. you're better than that let's what, what are you doing and then I'm like oh just be quiet so I think that as parents we're I think players children they need a certain amount of that of course yeah not too much of it yeah like you got to keep yourself in check as a parent I have to keep myself in check mm-hmm. I have to make sure this has always been my goal I have to make sure that I'm banking more positive Mm. than I am withdrawing on my negative comments. 
Yeah. So always with all my kids, I'm like, am I banking positive reinforcement, always saying positive things, keeping it yeah. positive. If I'm doing that a lot, I can withdraw every once right. in a while. <laughs> right. Well, it, like that sounds that, like, I know what you mean. It can sound yeah. like transactional, but truly like the, if I know where I stand with you mm-hmm. in the positives, like, okay. Yeah. Mom has told me that she loves me. She has told me that I'm good at this, this, and this. She's told me that mm-hmm. I work hard. She's told me that I am a great mm-hmm. student. She's told me like all these things. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I know what mom thinks of me because I've heard it enough. And then, oh, wait, mom said I need to work on this. Yeah. Like, or mom said that wasn't good. So like, there's an element, like, I really believe, because you see some parents that are like either helicopter parents that are like, and I I mean, obviously I'm not a parent, so I don't mean any like yeah. arm goodness gracious. But like, you know, parents that are like just trying to cushion their kids from everything or they want them to feel so loved. And that's amazing. But like at the same time, if all I'm hearing is good things, I get to keep it real. Yeah. I get this inflated sense of self that then when somebody else corrects me, I'm like, uh, no, my mom says this and this and this like, no. And sometimes that can be a good thing. Like some kids Mm -hmm. being a punk and it's like, "Mm, no, I don't need to listen to you. But On the flip side, like, it's just like, it's not real. Yeah. If all I'm getting is positive. Yeah. You have to keep it real because we all do things that we need to be held accountable for. Yeah. I do as an adult, I have to hold myself accountable. We, and hopefully my kids are learning to hold themselves accountable. Right. So, but it is, it is a balance and it does, you do need to have more. I really believe that you have to have more like positives Mm -hmm. than negatives in relation to your kids when you're talking to them. Yeah. However, if you can't depend on me to tell you the truth, right? then what kind of a relationship do we have? Mm-hmm. You need to know that. And plus, you're not going to believe me when I tell you you're really good. Yeah. I talked you're about that. Like, all you, you're my mom. All you do is say I'm good. Right. Like, if I can't call you out when you're like not doing what you should be doing or not as, you know, you need to work a little harder, maybe. Mm-hmm. And here's a really good example. I am like... I have like a, a thing lately <laughs> thing. I'm going to call it a thing. I work with a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids that are expecting colleges to give them money mm-hmm. to go to their school. Right. But they're not willing to do the work that needs to be done right now mm-hmm. to get that money. Right. Like you're asking colleges to pay thousands of dollars for you. To come to their school and play there. And what is your responsibility? Right. Like there is a responsibility there. Absolutely. And even after you have signed and you have your scholarship Mm -hmm. all lined up, you still have a responsibility because that school's investing in you. Right. Because of what you've shown. And if you're not continuing to work, then how much do you appreciate what they're doing for you? And there is appreciation for that. No one has to do that. There's a lot of kids that don't get college scholarships. Mm -hmm. That would really well, like them and need them. Mm-hmm. And it's more than just, I feel like recruiting in some ways has become so much more about the ability to say like, oh, I'm going to school and like getting the t-shirt and being yes. able to walk around like, yeah. oh, I'm going to Florida. Or, I'm going right, here. Right. I'm going, And like, it has become about the, the journey to the decision, right. not the journey to or in, actually in, playing somewhere. And even like your high school team. Mm-hmm. You have a responsibility to your high school team. You're on varsity and they depend on you. They need you. Right. If you're that kind of player, 
they need you to step up and mm-hmm. not like, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing, I work as hard as so-and-so is working. No. Right. You need to put in the work to play your brand. And that's what I was tell my kids you need to play your brand of softball and your brand of baseball and it doesn't mean that it's what everybody else's brand is because everybody plays at a different level right but you have yours and you know what you're doing same thing with your travel ball team your travel ball team is depending on you they're depending on you to be Mm -hmm. your very best you have responsibility to work hard like and be prepared so that when you comes whatever travel ball season or whatever right you're ready to go that mm-hmm. team is depending on you. That coach chose you to be on that team. They didn't choose you right, for no reason or hoping maybe and saying then with college, same thing. You have a responsibility to be prepared all the right. time. And I, you know, I just, I see a lot of kids like, oh, I want to want to get a scholarship here. And I'm like, well, wh- what are you doing? What right. work are you putting? Are you putting work in? Yeah. What are you doing? Because yeah. it, why should they just like, oh, yeah. There's, mm-hmm. they have a lot of people to choose from. There's a lot yeah. of kids out there, you know, it just doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. these, these great players that we watch all the time on TV, they make it look easy. Right. You know, I used to say about you, you make it look easy. Mm-hmm. I work with catchers too. And, and you make it look easy, but it wasn't easy. It is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of blood, sweat and tears and time right. and sacrifice. And I, I don't know how you get, kids to realize that other than parents parents telling them you need to put the work in and holding them accountable. Which you did several times. I distinctly remember you um, pulling Eric and I aside. At this point, I was playing up. Erica must have been like a freshman or something in high school. Mm -hmm. She was just kind of, she was in softball, but like kind of doing, she was dabbling in other things. Erica ended up playing volleyball in college, but um, Mm -hmm. like she... We, we were on the same team. Like you moved me up so that you only had to coach one team and it worked out. It was great. But like we were in a funk. We were just like, I don't know if we were getting lazy or complacent or just like, right. It, it, I don't know what it was, but I distinctly remember you sitting us down in the backyard at the house in Brea mm-hmm. and you had a little piece of paper and you were like, <laughs> okay, um, catching lessons cost this much. Hitting lessons cost this much. Dues for your travel ball team cost this much. Um, gas driving all of these places cost this much. And you just, and it wasn't like you were, you were not being hard on us. You were just just being like, we were developed enough at this point to understand money and stuff like that. And you were like, look, if this is what you want to do, I will do what it takes. But if you're not all in on this, Mm-hmm. Then like, let's do something else. Why would we spend this money and spend this time doing this if this mm-hmm. is not what you want to do? Exactly. You know, and I distinctly remember that conversation be like, oh gosh. Like, because I think I'm, kids don't realize. Right. They don't realize. We have no idea. Sometimes they're just like going about their business. I mean, right. and it's not always like, I wouldn't say that it's lazy or selfish. It's a lack of understanding yeah. of what it costs to. Yeah. Like even just raising kids mm-hmm. is expensive. You know, I could, I very distinctly remember that conversation too. And I was like, look, I circled it. Yeah. 10, 000, it was like $10,000 because it right. had volleyball uh-huh. dues in there and everything. And I was like, Hey, that's a new kitchen right there. Right. I could get a new kitchen and my kitchen needed, I needed a new kitchen. Right. It was a mess, <laughs> right? And I was like, 
but I don't have to have the new kitchen. I'll invest it all in right. you. I'm happy to do that. But yeah. not if you're not going to work hard. If you're not going to, all I ask you to do is to work hard. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to take you there, but you right. need to do all the work. And that's what yeah. I, that was kind of the agreement. And even with your younger siblings, same thing, you need to do the work. I'll yeah. dad and I'll take care of the rest of it. But if you're not doing the work mm-hmm. and there have been several times where I was like, look, do, do you really like this? Do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, well, and in some ways it, it can give an out, you know, like, yeah. oh, maybe I don't really like this and mm-hmm. mom's giving me an out or it's the little bit of the kick in the butt of like, oh yeah, as a family, we're giving a lot to this and I need to kind of give that what it deserves. Right. And so and I, I appreciated that, the conversation because it was, it was a little gut check for me. And this was all mm-hmm. like, we never, I mean, Eric and I both got scholarships, like different kinds of scholarships, but yeah. like. We had no idea. We didn't know that there was, leave. yes. It, it could have been, no okay, idea. I play through high school and that's that. And I'm done playing softball. Like where you don't get a, like, quote unquote, return on your investment. <laughs> you know right, I mean? right. Like that there's wasn't. a totally different mentality now. Yes. Because you know there's scholarship money out there. Right. And we didn't know that before we were playing because we loved, loved playing. Yeah. And I think trouble. the the main thing about that conversation was that it wasn't, it was firm for sure, but it was mm-hmm. not a like, look at what I'm doing for you and you don't even yeah, appreciate yeah. it. It was so like, if this is what you want to do, we will make it happen. Mm-hmm. If this is important to you, but if it's not important to you, why are we doing it? Right. And it just like, right. we had to kind of do inventory on like, is this something that's really important to me? And honestly, Erica didn't play much longer after that. I don't think. Uh-uh. No, she, she went switched to, she went full-time volleyball. Yeah. And I, that. but I think that like, taught me. I mean, so much of my softball journey, like when I retired, um, my main takeaway was that like, I was all in all the time, you know, that I I never took a pitch off. I never took it for granted. Like, yes, there were hard seasons and hard days and, and days that I was like, gosh, this sucks. But like, I was always all in. And I think so much of that is because of the environment I grew up in. And that like, if you're not going to be all in, like, what's the point kind of thing, you know? And it also freed us up to be like, Okay, when we're at softball, when we're at volleyball, whatever whatever the passion yes. is that we're doing, we're all in so that when we're not there, yes. we don't have to worry about it. Like, yeah. so I'm not sitting here wondering or stressed out about like softball and all this stuff because I know I gave everything I had to the three hours of practice I had. Exactly. You know, or the lesson I had that day. So it freed me up to just be like, when I'm at softball, I am all in. I'm I'm giving this however many hours of practice today, mm-hmm. my all. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm doing 50-50 here, then I'm doing 50-50 when I'm not at the field. And I don't want to do right, that. Right, right. So it really like when things blend. Yeah, like it really conditioned us to be all in with whatever we're doing. Right. And then on the I've flip side of that, though, on the flip side, there have been times when you you guys have come to me and said, yeah, I don't want to play anymore. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, uh. <laughs> no. Yeah, like I remember you... Oh, yeah. We were really little. We were in a, like a little tournament in San Diego. We weren't even playing travel ball yet. It was rec ball, but then they would do those like spring tournaments. Yeah. And so we were in San Diego and we were playing on a field that had a grass infield, which bothered you. Even at that age, you were like, what is going on? Here? I'm this a purist. Was yes. <laughs> it was not the way it was supposed to be. And you were playing third base and you played one game and it was really cold there. And you're like, yeah, I think you might've been six. You were like, yeah. Um, I don't want to play anymore. Let's go home. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so shocked because you loved playing, right? Right. And I was like, what? And she, you're like, yeah, I don't want to play anymore. Let's just go home. I go, we're not going home. 
we're not leaving. This is a tournament. You're playing. Like, this is it. Like, I'm sorry, you're playing till the end. You're like, oh, okay. And then I remember another time when you picked up with a team. Yeah. And the coach was like pretty intense and you didn't really, you didn't like that. I did not jive. <laughs> and you were, yeah, you were trying to, um, they were trying to qualify for ASA nationals or something. Yeah. We were in Oklahoma. Which, and- so just for, so some people understand, like, um, we, like my, my parents little organization, we were like a local team. We took a weekend off yeah. every month, like local families. We were just trying to get something a little bit above rec ball, but like we weren't doing the like travel ball hustle. Yeah. And then I don't know, was that Erica must have, we broke for high school or something, right? Like I was playing yeah. up and I wasn't in high school, so I was still eligible to play travel ball. And so I picked up with these other teams that were doing, that were very much like seeking national championships, right? right. Like it was, it was right around right. then. Yeah. So I went from like my family where like, yes, we like to win. We competed, but like the, mm-hmm. it was not necessarily like win at all costs. It was like, no, we compete because we want to compete and we want to play our best every day, but it was not like we're gunning for a national championship. Right. Like I, I lived that way for the first half of my travel ball life. Yeah. Sorry. So then this was a very competitive team. You went to the yeah. trial with them and I'm like, oh, she's doing so great. And you come over to me at the lunch break because it was a long practice. It was a long tryout. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm not playing with these guys. They're way better than me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like totally hanging with them. What do you mean? But you had been the best player on the team for so long. Right. right? You were always the best because it was just our little team. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I didn't even know what to do with people that were like you. You're like, oh, my gosh. And so then they asked you to play. We were in Oklahoma City playing at the... First time I ever played there, sixth grade. First time I ever played there, yeah, in sixth grade. And you, I think you went to put down a bunt. Oh, and, yes. And you missed the bunt. And the coach took his hat off and threw it down the line and went out there. And you were like, what is I was so horrified. Like, you were so horrified. And we got that game. They won that game. And then it qualified them for nationals. Yeah. But there was still more for the tournament to play, right? So you came to the room and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm not playing. I'm not doing this anymore. You were all upset and crying and like, did you see that? He threw his hat. And I was like, okay, all right. And and you're like, no, I did my job. I got them. They got their birth. I'm not. And I go, oh, no, no, right. no. You're playing. You're going back out tomorrow. And yeah. you're like. What? And you were mad. And I was like, no, because we're not stopping in the middle. That's crazy. We're not doing that. Right. And yeah, I can think of the times with the twins where they were like, had a bad summer season. And yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to play anymore. And I'm like, um, yeah, we're not quitting. Sorry. Mm -hmm. We're, we're in way too deep. Right. (laughs) Right. No, like you're too good. Yeah. You just had a bad season. So I think as a parent, you have to really figure out have they lost their love for this? Yeah. Or are they struggling mm-hmm. and they don't want to go through the struggle because mm-hmm. there is so much benefit to getting through the struggle. Right. Rather than just going, nah, I'm out. It's too hard. Yeah. And so I, I told, I think it was Mikey. I was like, no, we're going to get through this. You're going to start hitting better again. Right. And then if you decide that this isn't for you because you really, then that's fine. We'll talk about it then, but we are not stopping because you're not doing well and you're uncomfortable and you don't like it because when you struggle, it's uncomfortable. Nobody likes it. Right. But right. Life is a struggle, man. You, it's a struggle. Yeah. 
marriages are struggles, jobs are struggles. Right. If you bail every time, there's a struggle. So there's that there's that balance of this is hard right now. Mm-hmm. And even last summer at nationals, um, Avery didn't pitch a whole lot. Right. Our pitcher was our other pitcher was absolutely lights out. Yeah. Like she was so good. And even Avery was like, hey, it's okay. She's she's yeah. really good. And I I said, okay, well, she goes, but I want to be out there. I want yeah. to pitch, but I understand. She goes, and I she actually said, I just I feel like our coach doesn't trust me with the ball right now, mm. which was absolutely accurate. He didn't. Mm. And and for good reason. Right. She was she was grinding through some stuff. Yeah. But oh man, I look at her now and I'm like, you made it through that. You struggled through mm-hmm. all of that. She had a back injury. She had and that was also things. like right off. They had just won state in her high school season and yeah. then went and had a hard summer season. Yes. You know, like, so yes. she hit a high where she like, you know, took the team really far. I mean, she pitched so much in that postseason. Yeah. And then came back to travel ball and struggled a little bit, you know? So it's yeah. like the, the blend of like, oh, it wasn't like, oh, she was in a low for a really long. Like she was on a high. Yeah. And then kind of came back down again. and But uh, again, like the, we've been like raised to try to be as objective as possible. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, yes, there's emotions because I want to compete. I want to be trusted with the ball. I want, I want this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like that my mm-hmm. freshman year. I'm like, if I just get the opportunities, I know I can get the job done. Yeah. And yet in practice, I wasn't getting the job done. So why would I get the opportunity? Or right. when I did get an opportunity. Right something would go wrong. And it's like, why would he keep giving me opportunities? Even though in my heart of hearts, I am gritty. I know what I'm capable of. Like if you just let me settle in, but like objectively speaking, my freshman year at Florida, we did not have a team like team makeup wise that could afford for me to settle in, you know? And so like looking at like the whole picture of Yes, I know what I'm capable of. Yes, I know I'm the best person for the job, but I'm I'm not being that consistently yeah. enough. Yeah. For what my team needs right now. Yes. You know, like just because of whether whatever the variables are, you know. Yeah. So it's you've raised us to be very objective. And just to go back to that tournament when I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this <laughs> style of play. Like they're they're pretty extreme, you know. Because again, I played I played for my parents. I was the best on my team because yeah. I was just, I was more driven. I was more focused. I, I, I did work outside of practice, you know, and I loved the game. Yeah. And then I go to this other team where like the expectation is definitely elevated, which was a good thing for me. Yeah. But it was, it's funny that that day I was like, mm, let's just go home. Like I helped them get their birth. Like they needed somebody to like fill in that spot. I did it. They're good. Like they don't need me anymore, but I'm pretty sure it was the next day that I started blocking. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. It so, was. Yeah. So I had been, cause I, I forget about the conversation I had with you because all I remember is yes. that that was a tournament that I started really blocking. You know, I, I, Aubrey, I was on the phone with your grandpa uh, crying, totally choked up going, Oh, oh my gosh, she's blocking dad. Yeah. She is blocking. She is freaking blocking right now. <laughs> and I can remember you said, you hadn't got started going to Jen Schroeder yet. You were going to Terry Schweiker. Yeah. Lessons. And I can remember saying to Terry, Terry, she gets the one leg down, but she can't yeah. get the full block. She's just, uh-huh. And she kept saying, it'll come. All of a sudden right. she'll start blocking. And I just remember thinking, wow, yeah, this is crazy. And yes, absolutely. So pushing through that 
-hmm. If you hadn't, then what? Right. Like I would have just missed that because what, like I tell kids all the time, like there is no secret sauce with blocking. Like it, like Terry had kind of said to you, like, it'll just start, like you have to put the work in and the practice and so you get the muscle memory and all that. But like when the decision in your brain starts making the difference, like channeling to your body where you just react, you know, when that starts happening, but that happened for me because we were in the championship game with a runner Mm -hmm. on third. And if she scores, we lose. Yeah. And there was something in me that was like, I have to block the ball. Like we will not lose because of this. Yeah. Like, I have, and the the girl was pitching. I don't know if she was a drop ball pitcher or what, but like there were a lot of balls in the dirt just because of like her style of pitching. Yeah. And we were twelve, so who knows? She's maybe she's missing. I don't know. But like that was the thing, and like I talk about that all the time with kids. Like my whole philosophy on blocking now, essentially, like beyond mechanics, is that yeah. like you have to want to keep the ball in front more than you're worried about getting yes. hurt. Yes. Like you yeah. have to want that part more than you're worried about getting hurt. Or yeah. anything like that, because that will change something in your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, like and if I mean, you've been think doing about the it, Audrey, practice. Think about all the situations in your life that were so hard. Mm-hmm. And if you don't just push through the hard stuff, just keep going and push through the hard stuff. You don't ever get to this like amazing stuff. And it was, uh, it was like that with the twins. It's been like that with Grant. It was like that with Erica. Like you just, and it's as a parent, I mean, don't think that for one second that there weren't times where I was like, I'm going to kill that coach. What a joke. <laughs> why are you treating my kid that way? You're right. like, yeah, you feel that way. But I don't know why somehow I'm able to kind of put on my coach's hat and go, okay, but I get it. Yeah. Like even when Avery wasn't pitching a lot last summer, mm-hmm. I was like irritated with Bruce. I'm like, oh, right. why? Like, but the other side of me is going, Mm-hmm. get it. I totally get it. Right. And same thing with her. She's like, I want the opportunity. But then she's like, but I get it. And you're trying, right. it's this rub between pushing yourself to get better and being a good teammate, but not yep. looking like you don't care. It's this whole crazy thing. And now I'm looking at her going, if she doesn't go through that, she's not the pitcher she is today. Mm-hmm. If Absolutely. you didn't go through all of that, you're not the catcher you were. If Mikey doesn't go through a hard mm-hmm. spell fielding, she never gets past it never learns how to push yourself past it mm-hmm. like how yeah. do and and what about and what life lesson are you learning through that too where's the, right. there's a life lessons yeah and now we're going to starting to go through it with grant i'm watching grant going okay man he was grinding for a lot of years and now he's having some good success and he's feeling good about it and but it, it's hard yeah you know, this time last year he wasn't getting any play time mm-hmm. at all and now this year he i'm like okay here we go he's yeah so I think when you go through it over and over again, it gets easier and easier. Right. For sure. But, you know. All right, y'all. I have to stop it there today. Uh, this conversation with my mom, as expected, went pretty long. So I'm cutting it here. But tune in again next week. The rest of this conversation will come out. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, I've been really looking forward to having my mom on the podcast because of um just like her wisdom and uh her the way she parents I know it's not how everybody does it and that's totally fine um but a lot of people ask me how did you get here how did you do what you do and nine times out of ten my answer is you know I had a really great mom you know and so that's why I was really excited to have her on the podcast um hope you're enjoying it tune in again um you'll hear the rest of this conversation soon Thanks.